1: Hello
2: and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. I am your host, Amy Ravel. And I am Kirsty Ferrugia. And together we do this crazy thing called the Art of Decluttering, which
1: we <laughs> love to infinity in, and back.
2: Yeah. And we do it in many forms, don't we?
1: We do. There's the Art of Decluttering podcast, there's the Art of Decluttering head, heart, and home decluttering course, there's the Art of Decluttering in Home Services. There's the art of decluttering, secret service. <laughs> oh, oh, was, I not, was I not meant to like talk no, about like that one? Gave, oh, gave I'm so all bad of at it. Away.
2: Gosh, <laughs> not not so secret anymore. <laughs> yeah, you you could never be a secret agent, my friend.
1: <laughs> oh, I would love it. Oh my gosh, can you imagine me sneaking around in people's gardens and breaking in through windows? Oh, it would be my. I would I would love it. we'd love to see it. (laughs) Remind me to tell you some of the stealth things. In fact, can I just, let's just go there. Go. One of my best friends, Jess, actually, who was in the, um, we interviewed for the Autism Podcast.
2: Yes, we did.
1: When our kids had just met, so they were in kindy, they're in grade six now, we'd become friends and we were like, you know when you're kind of dating Like a potential girlfriend, and you're like hanging out in the coffee, and then you graduate to like dinner, and then you graduate to like just turning up on their doorstep. So, um, and then you
2: graduate to stalking them and sneaking, stalking, breaking yes. into their house.
1: Yes. Right. So, so tell us
2: this part <laughs> of your relationship. <laughs>
1: so I just was, I get silly. Everyone knows that. And one of the things I was doing is I started to write Jess random roses, red, violets, and blue poems and like leave them on her car. Cause we, we had the little kids at kinder together and we had our big kids at school together and she lives two streets away. So we saw a lot of each other. And so I would just leave Rose's red violets, of blue, whatever, whatever, and just finish the poem. And I would put them on her windscreen. And then one night I graduated to like when it was like nine o'clock at night, I left my house in really soft shoes and I drove to Jess's house, parked up the street in all black, went down her driveway without letting the sensor lights come on. So really stealth went round to their under-the-house back door, which they didn't ever lock, went into their house, left a roses, are red, a violets, blue note on their steps internally and then let myself out, you know, stealth my way back up the driveway <laughs> <And then laughs> just waited for her to freak out that the person who had been leaving notes on her car at school had also been in the house. And did she freak out? Yeah. She, massively she still talks about how freaked out she was. And I still talk about
2: how brilliant my stealth is. <laughs> and when did you disclose, when did you give up your secret that you were the secret admirer?
0: <laughs> or is like
2: this it? That. Are we outing? Your, Maybe this no, no. She knows by now. Cause we just laugh
1: about it all the time is the stupid things we've done in our friendship. Anyway, that, so that's our secret. Our secret but society. Cast. No, I
2: want to know how did you? How did it? Oh, come I can't about? remember whether
1: she kind of because I know she called her sister, or her sister was over, and she was like, "Now I'm freaked out. This person's been in my house while I was there, and I didn't know." <laughs> and so, I'm pretty sure she just deduced in the end and asked me, "Was it me?" And I was like, "Yeah, you finally got it." And she's like, "I hate you." <laughs> yeah, I've been freaking out. Yeah. But how cool, Thinking like out. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: To that go into is, her
1: house, place something in the house, and then leave.
2: It's not cool. It's scary stalker. Yeah. Which is cool
1: and funny. In, I wouldn't do it to your someone, world. Someone that I wasn't like besties with.
2: Had <laughs> it progressed that far yet? Yeah? Or were you still in the I stadium? think that was that was the sealer. For you. That was the sealer. And that was and for her, the sealer was like now she's gone when you revealed to her that you were the stalker she was in too deep
1: that's <laughs> she's like I can't back out now it's too dangerous
2: yes. yes that's why you think that she's your best friend she ain't she's got an APO out scared. on you
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> why do you think she moved to Queensland <laughs> <laughs> oh what a way to start a podcast that has nothing to do with a secret society And I am really sorry if if this is your lived experience. We're not making light of it. We are making light of Amy's silliness. (laughs) Well,
1: today's episode (sighs) is actually
2: about things that
1: get lost in translation. We've had quite a few people contact us, mainly from the US. We get a few from the UK, but mainly from um, the Northern Hemisphere of the USA
2: saying... As opposed to the Northern Hemisphere of Europe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever, geography nerd. Um, Saying that they don't know what different things are and they get so confused. So we're like, cool, we'll create an episode. That if you two get confused, if this is your first episode, maybe just go back 10 or go back 200 and listen to a few before this one, because
2: otherwise you may get a little bit confused with where we're heading. And and maybe don't get turned off by Amy's disclosure of her stalking people.
1: That's
2: only one aspect of her personality. It's the best one,
1: but it is only one. (laughs) please just stop you're really (laughs) you're really scary now
2: (laughs) so kess you lived in the states for a little while sorry what were you gonna say oh no you should tell some of your other funny but not so oh no they're all stalkerish you can't do stealth without stalker Uh... Well, no, a lot of them are
1: stealth. Like it's not stalker, I'm not following anyone. Some other stealth ones is one day we, one of our friends was out of his house, he lived with his parents. We organised with his parents that we went to his house and moved his entire bedroom onto the driveway and set up a replica of his bedroom <laughs> outside. Bed, drawers, clothes, furniture, everything got moved out into the driveway and then we just left it. <laughs> Yep.
2: Yep. (laughs) I've got no words. So many stories like that. So many stories like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have, as you said, we've got lots of um, words that are very Australian and do get lost in translation and people are confused about what we're actually talking about. Um, And so we thought we would do the utter decluttering Aussie to US to British translation um, so that people can understand what we're talking about. Um, this should be fun. It and should be. by no means we are only experts in Australian. No, we're <laughs> we, So if we get it wrong from the translation, please accept our humble apologies. Um, we think we're pretty good on both British and American because we watch, well, I watch lots of British shows and we both watch lots of American shows. Yeah. So, And our culture is fairly um, uh, integrated. Like we have lots of television shows and we always have. So we grew up thinking that we were, you know, could speak American because That's what our after-school television was. Degrassi (laughs) Junior High, Saved by the Bell, I'm Giving Away My Age, (laughs) 90210, Melrose Place. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we think we can speak American, but if we get it wrong, please accept our apologies.
1: (laughs) And we put a shout out on our Facebook community this week too, just saying like, tell us the words that either you don't understand that we use or stories where people have got confused. So we'll read some of those out too. We might start with Danielle McKay. She said that once she had a German guy working on their farm and they explained to this German guy that one of the other workers was away for the day because he was crook which in Australian means you're just not well. Like you're at home, you're a bit sick. Yeah. It took the German guy almost a day before he summoned the courage to ask about what the other guy had done because in Germany, the crook, instead of it being a bit sick, it's you're a robber. You probably stole
2: something. So that's which is also of... what it means in Australian as well. Oh, yeah, we do both. <laughs> <laughs> we we have the same word for a few things.
1: It's true because you can either say he is crook, which means you're sick, or he is a crook, which means he stole something from you. He stole a chicken.
2: (laughs) Or, you know, if we're talking about Alan Bond, lots and lots of money. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Um, Next one was Astrid um, Peterson. She's Norwegian living in the UK. And find the phrase in the roof that we use very odd. She worked it out that it means a loft, but I keep imagining you tucking things into the rafters and hanging things from the ceiling, which is actually more true, <laughs> That's so good. So, and, so we don't actually have lofts um, or um, attics. Most places in Australia don't have attics or lofts in the roof. Um, and so when we say it's in the roof, we really do mean that it's sitting on the beams in the roof.
1: Yeah, sitting on the plasterboard up there hoping things don't fall through.
2: Yeah, or in our case, like Simon has them all on the beams in the does. roof. But we does. have, so in Australia, we have manholes. Um, so they're like cutouts in our ceiling that we can climb up into the roof so that we can check on the electricals or check on the insulation or, you know, fix something internally in the roof cavity. Um, And lots of people do put things up in the roof um, for extra storage. Now, some people do fully deck it out um, and fully do convert it to a proper attic space. um, And that's awesome. But we don't. We just, chuck things up in the roof
1: (laughs) (laughs) have you been through your stuff up in the roof yet
2: no still not I keep asking Simon every time he goes up there can you bring it down but he manages not to and so I'm pretty sure that what is up there is sentimental stuff and will be kept okay Um, it's mostly photos so But I do want, like I said to him, I want to get our wedding photos down. I want the kids to have a look at the wedding photos.
1: Oh, that'd be nice.
2: Yeah. But he'll get there one day. He's usually like he was up in the roof the other day putting um, all the camping gear back up there. Okay. He went away camping last weekend. So he was up there, but he's usually pretty keen to get back down because of the insulation, the batting in the roof is all fiberglass. Gross. Yeah, and it catches on his skin and makes him itchy and he has to have a shower. So Okay. So Astrid, yes. Sorry to disappoint you, but we literally do mean it is sitting on the rafters.
1: (laughs) It's not as pretty as you think. No. (laughs) No one can live when we say in the roof, it's not like your teenager can go live up there. No. It really isn't an attic space. Yeah. Anne Charles wants to know what hard rubbish collection means. We talk about this. She says, you all get very excited about it, but what (laughs) is it? Don't you have your normal bins collected? (laughs) This is the best, Anne. We really do get very excited about hard rubbish collection. You in particular. Me in particular. Oh, my goodness. It's like the greatest couple of days of the year. In Australia, in metropolitan, so it works differently in regional and rural Um, areas, but in our cities, generally you get rubbish collected once a week and it's usually like your normal landfill rubbish and then maybe you might have a green bin for leaves and grass cuttings and pruning and that kind of thing and a recycling bin for papers and tins and cans and bottles and all of that. The hard rubbish collection really is things that don't fit in those bins. So it might be an old couch, an old trampoline. They're usually large items and they're things that you can either take to the tip yourself and pay to have um, where you like put it in your car or a trailer and take it to the tip. But the hard rubbish collection is the best because you can usually a couple of times a year with your local council book for them to come and pick it up and take it to the tip for you. And it's usually included in your rates, so you don't have to pay extra for it. So it's like getting rid of all that big stuff that hangs around the backyard or in the deck or wherever it is. So yes, we do get very excited about our hard rubbish collection.
2: Yes. And um, presuming that humans are similar all around the world (laughs) is that when there is hard rubbish collections, you can often see people uh, stopping and checking out what it is that you've put out on your hard rubbish collection. And sometimes You know, you may have booked for council to come and they don't need to come because it's all collected by other people. Although, to be true, most some of it is pure rubbish. Um, but there are you know, suburbs, like some really wealthy suburbs that you might find what they consider to be rubbish is actually really useful good stuff still. And even and that's not just true of um the wealthier suburbs, it's all suburbs because some people just don't take it to the op shops and, and it's easier to book a hard rubbish collection. So Kirst, For whatever just reason.
1: With, just within your description there, you use two phrases that have also had people asking for an mm. interpretation of. One is you said rubbish, and our American friends trash. say trash. So mm-hmm. that's what we mean when we say rubbish. It's anything that's leaving the house as trash. Um, and having a brain fade on the other one that you said,
2: Nina asked about the boot. I live in the Western United States. And when I listened to Amy's book, I was confused about the term in the boot. She mentioned that she would take donations from the client and put them in a boot. And I thought, well, does she bring an extra pair of boots? Wouldn't she need an awfully big pair of boots to put these items in? But then later I heard that she brings extra organization containers because she has them in the boot. I have no idea what that means. I also am confused about the term brawly, and I'm not even sure how to spell it because I listen to the book rather than read it. What is
1: it? Okay, Nina, the brawly or the brawly or the brawly, as you might say, is actually an umbrella. It's our shortening of the word umbrella. It is so classic Aussie for us to shorten words. So instead of saying we're going to the opportunity shop, or that's what it was, Kirst, you said before op shop, which Mm -hmm. is like a thrift store. Instead of saying opportunity shop, we call it an op shop. Instead of saying a sandwich, we say a sanger. Instead of saying what else is there, Kirst? What other ones do we shorten?
2: We shorten and then lengthen all types of words. Like Biscuit
1: is bicky. Yeah. Chocolate, Um, chucky.
2: Smoko. Yep. (laughs) So many. Yeah. But then we also lengthen things or shorten them even more. Like somebody put in, um, I think it's um, in this thread, about the mcg which is like the melbourne cricket ground is one of our massive stadiums in melbourne and one it's the biggest stadium in australia um and it's, and it's called the melbourne cricket ground it gets shortened to mcg and then it gets shortened again to <laughs> the, g. the g so uh we shorten things but broly is also like an extension because umbrella like i don't know I, I can't even explain why it's a broly it just is it, just yeah, how it just
1: we, is. just how our brains work. Yeah, Nina. The other question that you asked was about the boot, which has had me in hysterics. I had my whole family come around and listen to your speak, pipe. <laughs> because I could just visualise me having big workman's boots or maybe um, gum boots. But what are gum boots called overseas, Kirst?
2: Yeah, no, they're Wellingtons Gel- in the uk Yeah.
1: Yep. So um, I was just picturing me having massive ones that I filled up with people's donations, but the boot is actually the back opening bit of the car, which you may call your trunk, the yes. trunk of the car. So that's what we call the boot, and that's why I would then put my clients' donations in the boot rather than just
2: super large gum boots. <laughs> it just made my day. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> so in the trunk, she puts clients' donations in the trunk.
1: <laughs> I know. And then when I picture that, I just picture an elephant's trunk.
2: Trunk, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we call it um, the hood. What, uh, we're going to get to the bonnet. So the front of the car where the engine, under on top of the engine, we call it a bonnet. But you guys call it, Americans call it the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're so so I, lo- I love the english language and how <laughs> we've all um corrupted it in know really have unique ways. It. yeah
1: nina um sent an email to me a couple of weeks ago which is what got us thinking about this episode and she said in the email um can you please explain the word bench She said, I'm so confused because in the USA, a bench is something that you sit on, like a picnic table or a park bench. She said, I can just picture you all in Australia in your kitchens. You've just got like a park bench. (laughs) And why do you have a park bench in your kitchen? So um, I said to her, no, no, no. I think you guys call it a countertop. Is that what it would be, Kirst?"
2: Yes, we've got a whole, um, let me, I saved it in here. So let me just try and find it because we also had a whole thread on our Art of Decluttering community group about that a couple of months ago. Oh, awesome. um, Where it's full of people saying what is why are you talking about a park bench when you why do you put your keys down on a park bench why do you put your handbag why are you cleaning it off after doing dinner why are you cleaning off a park bench after dinner
1: how do you Aussies decorate your houses and Nina was saying that a bench can also be like a work tool like a carpenter's bench which we also have and we do call a carpenter's bench but she was like, "But if it was that in your house, wouldn't that be covered in sawdust?" <laughs> I was like, "No, we don't. We don't cut the wood on our bench, which is in the mm. kitchen countertop."
2: Yeah, so it was Joanna McVeigh who said who put that post up in May. She was like, "What?" And she put a picture of not a park bench, but like a. a bench seat that you would have around oh, a yeah. large, um, dining table. Mm-hmm. Um, and she put one of them and said, um, random question for you Aussies that has nothing to do with decluttering. If you call a countertop a bench, what do you call this? A bench. A bench. <laughs> <laughs> we call them both benches. And then we, we had like to make it easy. And then we had South Australians going, no, we call it bench seats and bench tops just to clarify. Oh. Um. Yes. Um, Yeah. So we sit on a bench. uh, We sit sit on a bench, um, but we also, our countertops are also called benches. (laughs) Do you know, I'm like really into like flipping houses shows at the moment. Emily and I are binging on all of them and they call the splashback a backsplash. And we call it a (laughs) splashback. We do. That's really funny, and I find it so amusing because every time they say "splashback," in my head I'm like, "You mean backslash?" Back splash?
1: <laughs> That's like your confusion between backslash
2: and forward slash. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ha <Ha-ha. laughs> Slash. It's just a slash now. I've learned. That's to just right. With slash. For me. <laughs> so um, we hope that has cleared it up for you, Nina. Um, around benches and boots and brollies brollies so the next word that we must speak of m- multiple times is doona which is the duvet in with it's definitely the duvet in the UK and in America we think we think is it? yeah <laughs> um, i'm confused so this question's from robin christie i yes. think but i feel like
1: the doona is the fluffy covering that goes on the bed? If I fluffy, I mean like air filled with feathers, blanket. or yeah, but it's a blanket. blanket that then has a cover on it. Generally speaking, and it's yes. the doona and the doona cover. Yes, I've always thought the duvet was more like a blanket, like a thin single layer blanket.
2: No, that's a comforter
1: in oh. America. So they call the duvet the doona. Yes, and we what we would call is like a throw, a throw blanket,
2: is a comforter. Yes, or no. So um, they <laughs> also, my understanding of a comforter is, and you can get them here in Australia, like at Adairs and Bed Bath and Table, is an all-in-one, you know, often quilted, um, blanket <sighs> that sits over the top of anything else that you have on your bed to make it look pretty.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so I ha- okay.
2: I have a client who her and her husband prefer to sleep with two dunas or duvets. Um, so not two together, but one each. So that they're not fighting over the dunas. Yeah, and you get your own duvet. Yeah. Your own warmth. Yes. And for presentation, they put a comforter over all of it so that <gasps> when you walk into the room, it looks like. It's got just one big blanket over it. So the comforter, yeah. Do you
1: kind of like roll back at the to sleep in? It's not actually a. It's more a cover than something that you use for warmth or covering. I think we're going to have to. This is going to
2: have to be a question in the Facebook group. Yes, come and let us know, please. But some people use the comforter as their blanket. But here in, but it can also be a decoration.
1: Wow, I'm so I think confused. they can be both,
2: but for us, for so what we mean by a duna is a blanket, a, a filled, a feather-filled, or a polyester-filled yeah, right. um doona. <laughs> How blanket? do you describe
0: something without know, using the
2: word like cover that you put over your body? And it, it, but it has a cover over that as well that you can switch out whenever you do your washing. Whenever you choose to. Um, and that can be changed often. Whereas you don't wash, we don't wash our Dunas very often. Most people, I'm presuming, don't wash their Dunas very often, but they'll wash their cover, the Duna cover often. Wow. So make of that what you will, people, but that's yeah. what we we mean by a Duna. And that's what mo you know, a great majority of Australians use is a duna, rather than multiple. Blankets or a comforter. This is, I
1: hope this that is makes we're sense. going deep. There's like a rabbit I hole know. to be gone down. I <sighs> yeah.
0: Here's a cool fact.
1: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into
2: a full-time gig.
1: The next question, um, I absolutely love. It. It's from Anne Charles. I don't know if we just did one from Anne, actually, but she says this: despite watching years of Neighbours, which just made me smile because oh, I love it. I used to watch Neighbours as a teenager or as a
2: late teen, and I watched it into after having children. Like, I, oh, that's I the would best record kiss. it. <laughs> I would record it and watch it while I was breastfeeding overnight. So, Anne says,
1: despite what she, despite years of watching Neighbours, I had no idea what kind of coffee a flat white was. Or, I still don't know what a long black is. So, Kirst, I don't know either. I, I know. assume that white means it's got milk and black means it doesn't have milk, but that's pretty much as much as I know about coffee. So, please enlighten us.
2: Okay, first, I think we want to qualify what neighbors was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you weren't actually watching opera. your neighbors. Yeah. Because that so, would be creepy. Yeah, no. Neighbours is a television show here in Australia, which is really famous in the UK as well. So we know you, you UK listeners don't need a qualification or a understanding of this. We know that you're probably still watching it like I am. <laughs> um, but for Americans, it's a um, a soap opera, half an hour soap opera. That's been going for probably almost as long as the Bold and the Beautiful, um, and it is very Australian. And I would highly recommend going onto YouTube and watching 1980s. In fact, if you know who Kylie Minogue is, she was made famous from this television show Neighbours. So, moving on to that, to coffee. So, a flat white is a coffee that is got um, a shot of coffee in it, but mostly milk. Um, is the milk hot or cold? The milk is hot. Okay. And it's got a tiny little bit of froth, but not very much uh, froth. Um, but I oh, actually, a flat. well, yeah, a flat white does have some froth, uh, but latte. it's not
1: like a latte where it's like a third milk, a third froth and a third coffee.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, a long black is a shot of coffee. Um, and then topped up to the height of the cup or the mug with hot water no yes that is not what i would have said as a long black what you have no idea about what a coffee is so what would you have to <laughs> how would you have said know, what a long black
1: is i think we need to qualify this curse is not being mean by telling me i have no idea i've actually just never had a cup of coffee in my life i am a coffee virgin i would have thought a long black was just like shots until it hit the top no so it's like a triple shot
2: No, see, I know this because that's Simon's choice of drink is a long Uh. black. See, a short black is just one shot of coffee or a double or two shots of coffee, depending on. Yeah. And then like I can even tell you what a macchiato is if you want. I would like you to, yes. A shot of coffee with a dollop of milk, of frothy milk right on it um there's a piccolo which is a really small shot of coffee <laughs> i like yeah um what else would you like to know about coffee people i don't drink it Nothing. even i never have i know they, that's I why I it. said it's a curse
1: like maybe we need to get cal in she's like no i know this one i may not drink it but yeah. i know the answer but i know it you know she's a good wife whereas my husband's a bit of a coffee connoisseur too and i am not a good wife and i do not make it for him
2: <laughs> oh yeah. No, I didn't mean to agree with you that you're not a good wife. You are a good <laughs> wife. You just don't make him go for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
1: Kes. has got my back.
2: I do. <laughs> so Kimberly asked. Um, she thinks she's got most of it in context clues. A bench equals a counter. Crockery equals dishes. Op shop equals thrift store. But I'm sure the episode will be fun to listen to. So, and she said that she was called out by American friends once by explaining that distances in units of time. And I absolutely love this because that's how I think about um distances of cities it's as well. Like how long does it take to get from new from um Northampton, Massachusetts to Ottawa? Well, this is what I need to know when I was living in Ottawa and we decided one you no know, when we were living in Northampton, Massachusetts, and decided one Saturday at about ten o'clock, hey, let's drive to Ottawa. <laughs> and, and how far away is Ottawa? Um, I will, I cannot Would you remember
1: if it It's such and such miles or kilometres, or do you answer in time?
2: Oh, I probably answer in kilometres, but then I have to think about how long in time. Really? But, and I also think that kilometres, it doesn't matter what, how many kilometres it is away because it depends on the traffic and if yeah. you're driving there. So, so the
1: question when you ask how far away is it, Nobody is actually wanting to know the answer to that. They want to know (laughs) how long is it going to take me to get there? So I think that is a lost in translation because you ask one question, not wanting the answer,
2: wanting the answer to a completely different question, which I think is gold. Yes, that's I'm so now weird. looking up how far it takes to get from Northampton, <laughs> Massachusetts to Ottawa because you that's exactly what we did. I know, but now I'm really curious. Whilst okay, you go right. on to the next. You question. do that. I'll go on to the next. <laughs> <Yes.
1: questions>. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Angel asks, "I like because I like this one because I actually don't understand it. From the cassocks of our hearts, did you understand oh. that one, Kers? No, a
2: we must say it, but she's. Like it must be our accents that have literally been lost in translation. From
1: the cassocks of our heart. So I think if anyone knows what that means or, Jewel, you may need to come into our Facebook community again and clarify for us. Um, Jaffel iron, that's like a sandwich press that closes the sandwich in around the sides. This is what I really love. There's some animal Amy is scared of that I've never heard before. I think that's going to be a huntsman, which is a really big black spider, kind of like maybe a tarantula. Would you say, Cass, that's probably the most close?
2: Yes. Equally terrifying? Don't look it up, peeps. Don't Don't look it it. up. It's (laughs) terrifying. It's also one of the reasons that Americans don't want to come to Australia. Because <laughs> so I also I just want to clarify to all of you um Americans who think that we might have dangerous animals around every corner ready to jump out and kill us. It's, it's true. really not like that. It's totally true. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Because even if Amy sees a huntsman, huntsman's Aren't dangerous. They're not poisonous. Oh no, they're
1: harmless. But redbacks, I find, and white tails, which are dangerous spiders, but nobody generally dies of them, unless it's a terrible, terrible reaction. Um, I would see those all the time with clients. I don't know about you, curse, but like regularly, there are white tails in amongst people's clutter.
2: Mm, I don't see them very often. We had a we had a white towel in our house the other day though
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we get them in here
2: but we don't but I know it sounds very flippant but it's we just kill it uh yeah well we didn't but we we're just cautious but they're not not yeah please they're not when, stalking when,
1: you and they're not trying to by stealth climb into your house <laughs> and scare you <laughs> when you don't realize it
2: yeah. And when our government let everybody back into Australia to travel, please come and travel. Come here; it's a beautiful country. And you, if you're only if you come to Sydney or Melbourne, you're very unlikely to see a kangaroo jumping down the street. Just so you know. Yeah, that's true. You're very unlikely. If you're in city Melbourne or Sydney city, you are unlikely. Yes. You are highly unlikely <laughs> to see. A kangaroo jumping down the street. It's like saying that I'm going to New York City and I'm going to see a bear walking down the street. That's (laughs) not going to happen unless one escapes from Central Park Zoo.
0: It's not going to
2: happen. Did you find how long it took you to drive, Kirst? Yes, nine hours. That's a long drive. (laughs) That's like longer than Melbourne to Sydney. That is.
1: That (laughs) was ambitious.
2: Yeah, let's just do it. (laughs) Why not? And you didn't care how many kilometres it was. You cared how long it took you. And we didn't even care about that at the time until I was like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? But I had to get to Ottawa to have a beaver's tail. So that's for you, all of our Canadian listeners. They will know what I'm talking about. And my mouth is watering thinking about a beaver's tail.
1: There was one lost in translation in our Peter Walsh episode. He talks about a sweater, which to me sounds like a sauna, like something that just makes you sweat. What we call it in Australia is a jumper, which, yeah. yes, is also the thing you might put your kid in that hangs on a door frame that they can jump up and down in, but a sweater is a jumper to us. But a jumper could also be a jumpsuit. It could. We would call it both. What about the, I love this one. Kirst, when we help people organise their thongs, I what are we helping this. them organise? Their flip-flops not, <laughs> not their, their
2: g-strings not their g-strings which is what we call them and they're the worst invention ever but anyway i absolutely love that and it's like saying um pants to uh, our uk listeners pants are undies and oh
1: yes so it's i love that land. too
2: yes um but yes songs are flip-flops and they're the best invention ever. <laughs> Unlike thongs <laughs> in the US, which are the worst invention ever. <laughs> I think you've nailed it. Isn't that funny? That the thong thong can be the best invention and the worst invention.
1: Now the word thong sounds
2: things. made up. Sound it say it and say it again. Thong. Thong. Thong for thong thong thong. <laughs> don't you remember that song i'm pretty sure you just made that up no no i'm going to put it in the show notes and everybody i'm going to put it in the facebook group i'm going to put the youtube song up and everybody is going to be transported back to 1994 i'm looking whenever that song came out (laughs) Uh, there's one other thing you might have a couple more i've just got one
1: more that i wanted to um, say that I think is so ridiculously confusing. In Australia, we call the ground floor, the yes. floor level that is equal and level with the ground. So you walk into a building off the street level and that's the ground floor. In the US, yes. that's
2: the first floor. <laughs> and do you know why? No. Because most buildings in the US have a basement.
1: But, wouldn't, but even the Australian buildings that have a basement have basement, then ground floor. So may, do they not have ground floor? Maybe they go basement first floor.
2: Well, I don't know why, why. So when I say, I don't, do you know why? Okay. I don't actually know the real reason <laughs> why. I'm just presuming that that is why, because it's often is the first floor.
1: Yeah, it's floor zero. We call floor zero ground and you call floor zero first Yeah. Because then we have like basement one, basement two, basement three, or however far down it goes.
2: And you're talking about an office building, not a house. Yeah. Or a
1: hospital or not in my house. No, no, no. I just have a ground floor (laughs) (laughs) or a first floor as it would be.
2: Yes. We would call. Yes. So, and we call, so that would be a two story home if we had a ground floor and a first floor.
1: Yes. And that's, most common in Australia is either we have just single level house or two, whereas lots of my um, friends and family that have lived overseas in the US will have three stories because you've got your basement and then your two stories. So actually have a three-story house.
2: Mm -hmm. So incredibly confusing our language. I am, think I checked with my girlfriend today um, who I was chatting to and she is American and said, Hey court, what would you, what confuses you when you speak to Australians? And the first one, she said, the first one that got me was how are you going? And she wasn't sure if it's a general answer Or if like, you know, how are you? Or it's like, where are you going?
1: So whether it's like, I'm going well, or I'm going to the supermarket. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Which is a test.
2: How are you going? It's how are you doing? Yeah. How are you? How are you? How are you, mate? How are you, mate? How are you you going? How you doing? (laughs) But that would be Joey. Um. And then she thought, she was like, I want to check this. Is this inappropriate or is this not? Um, What is chucking a wobbly?
1: (laughs) Having a temper tantrum.
2: Yes. And I said, um, because she wasn't sure, because she heard it on a man saying it. So she wasn't sure if it was being inappropriate or not. (laughs) So I sent her a voice message and I said, it is chucking a tantrum or cracking it, a hissy fit, what, hissy fit. Any the, it is <laughs> getting down on your <laughs> tummy and banging the floor with your feet and hands. And I said, so your kids might throw them, or maybe even you might chuck a wobbly someday.
1: <laughs> That's so good.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just going to quickly check because I did look up some websites that had like the whole a whole glossary of terms in American and Australian. Um, and there was a few in there that I thought, oh, we may not say them very often on the podcast, but they're, I think they're, they're funny. Um, so can you
1: put those links in the show notes as well? Cause then um, people can, if you, if you've got a question, you can look that up, yeah. giving you all the resources today, these important resources
2: <laughs> that are like appendices to the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cookies, we call them bickies or biscuits. (laughs) Um, We call, um, you call it soda pot or pop in the States and we call it soft drink or fizzy drink.
1: I love that it's soft drink, but there's nothing soft about it because it like bubbles in your mouth.
2: It's soft when you compare it to alcohol though.
1: Oh, which is also... Do do they call it alcohol in the states? They, call, they call it alcohol,
2: it- but they call it liquor.
1: Liquor—that's the other word I've heard in
2: use And we call it spirits. Um, another one I used to laugh all the time when I saw drugstore, which is <laughs> a chemist, or we call, yeah we call them chemists. Yeah, and a drugstore here would be like illicit drugs. Yes, and I used to always love that. Um, I love that. Um, I love the word cuss. <laughs> Really? Like swear. Which is to us, we call that swearing. Right. They, that's their word for it. Um, There's candy and we call them lollies. Um, Yeah, hoodie, we call it a jumper. Um, Fanny pack.
1: Stop, I wondered if you were going to go there.
2: I, I am. Is a fanny pack Australians, as you just heard, Amy giggled at when I said that word because that word, the first word, fanny, to us, is a part of a woman's anatomy. And so when we call it a fanny pack, we call them a bum bag. Because it and sits on the
1: back, which is your bum.
2: Yes. Oh, well, I suppose. Some people wear them on their front. Wear them on the front. And there you go. <laughs> Which is why it's called a fanning back. <laughs> um, there are some words that I can't say because they're um, inappropriate for a non-e for our podcast, but you can definitely look it up in on these websites. Um, I'm trying to find another few because there, there was a few more that made me giggle. Um, oh, and of course, we have to reference our two episodes that we that cause the most confusion with oh, our US listeners.
1: Purses and handbags—is that where you're going? Yes. Oh,
2: yes. that was so funny. I'm still
1: not sure I understand it fully. A purse is what they call their handbag. Okay, what so the handbag is handbag. the the thing that you hang over your shoulder. Yes. Or across your body and it's a large compartment that puts a lot of things in it.
2: In yes. that you would put your it's wallet, bag.
1: which you in the US would call your purse.
2: Yes. Or your pocketbook. No, they call them a pocketbook, <laughs> which is what That's I was so just much. about to say. We call them purses. Or wallets, (laughs) which was a whole other discussion between Amy and I. Um, And you can go and listen to that that episode um, and you can hear our big discussion. Um, But Americans call it a pocketbook. And the other one that caused great confusion was our diary episode. Because when we talk about diaries, we're talking about calendars.
1: Somewhere that you keep your schedule.
2: Yes. And that is not what Americans call their, what well, their diary is what they journal in, what they keep their my, most private thoughts in. So.
1: The word is so interesting. I mean, it is a complicated language that has its own flavor in different continents, but I just love some of the questions we had. Yes.
2: Particularly love, love, love. your boot. My boot!
1: oh my gosh i just i just want a boot now i want a boot that i can take
2: you need to um you know maybe that's what we will um all stealth you with you will just suddenly <laughs> okay, boots turning up at
1: my front 46
2: door. boots oh my gosh that would make my day <laughs> okay peeps, let's get on it so we hope that this has been helpful to you um and please Whenever you hear something in our podcast going forward that you do not understand, just put it up on our Facebook group. Every, there's, we've got so many different nationalities listening that I'm sure that if you are confused by something, you are not the only one and other people will hear um, it and go, oh, thank you. Thank you for asking that question because I didn't want to look silly and so we just wanted to reassure you that nobody looks silly if they ask a question about what we're talking about because sometimes (laughs) we don't even understand ourselves so please clarify ask for clarification we would be more than happy so will our community of Australians be more than happy to explain (laughs) what it is that we're talking about
1: there's been another question we've had this week three times in one week, which is unusual for the exact same unique question to be asked, and that is people want to know what I keep in my boot. So we had Julie um, email us. <laughs> yeah, I do keep my foot in my boot. What do I keep in the boot of my car? Julie emailed us. I had a client um, inquire about it, and then we had someone else on the Facebook group say, Can you please, I've listened to your audio book, Amy, and I want to know what you keep in your boot of the car. So I thought we'd give you a quick little insight as this podcast is wrapping up. In the boot of my car, I keep a whole lot of Ikea containers that are called Samla, S-A-M-L-A, and they are just different sized containers that are modular so they can stack on top of each other that you can kind of put in a bedroom, a kitchen, a study, a garage shed, whatever. You can use them for anything. Um, I also keep some underbed storage that is upable and they're called scub containers. This is not sponsored by Ikea but should be. So come on, Ikea. <laughs> and the other thing I keep in the boot is a very, is very a uh, shelf risers. So simply, you know, in your pantry, you want two different heights, but your shelves are quite tall. You just put a riser in and it gives you an extra little shelf. That's all I keep in there. It's not it's not a lot, um, but I find that they're our commonly used things um, in
2: Melbourne when we're working with clients. And I don't keep anything in my boot in Sydney. I just order products for my clients or they go to IKEA as well. <laughs>
1: yep. Or Kmart or, or Kmart, anywhere. anywhere.
2: Yeah. There's so Words, many products. Story. N- nobody's
1: short of any of that.
2: <laughs> no, and that's I think that is um, the key for. Most of the time with our clients is that they um, have overbought on containers.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, we're often decluttering them.
2: Yes, and so um, we often say to people like they'll ask us, "What do I need to buy before you get here?" Nothing. 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 <laughs> because we will probably be able to reuse something in your house after we've realize that you no longer need it in fact yesterday with my clients we emptied out a whole they had like a whole bedside table that they were using for storing clothes they ended up having it was completely superfluous to their needs and in fact their um their short boy (laughs) their set of drawers um was overflowing like they had a separate, so they had a, a separate set of drawers and a bedside table used for their um, their gorgeous son's um, clothes and we ended up barely filling the set of drawers, like barely, not even filling, like all the drawers, every drawer you opened up in the set of drawers was half full. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, you do <laughs> not need to buy more containers most of the most time. Most of the time, yes. Yes, what a fun, oh, kiss. I wanted to give a quick reminder to all of our friends living overseas that although you may not be able to have Kirsty and I come in and work with you in your homes, you can book virtual sessions with us no matter where you are in the world. So virtual yes. sessions can be one or two hours where we jump on a Zoom call or FaceTime, whatever works for you. We actually coach you through decluttering a space. And so that might be your bedroom or a kitchen or just you know general clutter that's frustrating you or systems that aren't working so all you need to do is drop us an email at hello at the au, um, or visit our website and you can see you can click on the button to find out more about our virtual sessions because we would love to work with you no matter where you are in the world we are not bound by the kilometres nor the time it takes to drive from your house to our house (laughs) so yes if that is you and you do think that having an hour or two with one of us would help you in your journey reach out we would love to work with you
2: we would Um, until next week until we think of what we're going to chat about next week (laughs) hit us up with your suggestions we always love um getting suggestions from our listeners Um, we aren't running out of ideas um, and that is thanks to people who are sending us suggestions so please keep sending them through Um, we plan on being here for a very long time so keep them coming people and send us a review right yeah we didn't
1: have a rate and review to even read out on the podcast today which made Kirst almost cry (laughs) (laughs) but if we don't have one it means it's time for you to write us one so if you can hear us now hear us in your ears it's time for you to rate and review the podcast and encourage us and then we can share it with others and it helps us reach new people as well so much to say
2: There is. We could keep talking, but we both need to go. So have a lovely rest of your day, evening, morning, night, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. And we can't wait to be in your ears again soon.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes
2: or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, outofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there.
1: If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day. And enjoy the freedom.
0: Hold up.